love me, yeah, they love me. First, love yourself. And God, we trust. Trust me, I don't trust myself. Your jewelry, I get it to. Welcome back to It Is What It Is. This episode is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. The app is an easy way to make some cash just by making picks on your favorite players. Underdog is available in more than 30 states, including California, Florida, Texas, and New York, just to name a few. Make sure to support the show by hitting the link in the bio and downloading the Underdog Fantasy app. They will also match your first deposit up to $100, and you get a special pick when you sign up. I'm Treasure Wilson, aka Stat Baby, along with your hosts, Mace and Cam, and we are joined with our analyst, Maurice Claret. Mo, Mace, what's happening? Eminem, what's good? Chilling, man. We backstage right now having a great time. Shout out to you, Killer. Shout out to Mo. Shout out to Stat. Shout out to D-Wade. And look. What's that? I tried to help him out. What did it say? Oh, TMZ. (laughs) TMZ. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Bow, 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 right back take that, take that. You. Yeah, yeah, nigga. Fuck is they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but they, I don't know what I, I, I really be trying to figure out what niggas, niggas think they got on, on any blog. I really be yeah. trying to think, I be thinking like, do they know the niggas, the niggas that they be fucking with? Like, they don't know fucking with us pause turns niggas on. Like, I don't really understand that shit. <laughs> we could do this all week next week, too, TMZ, if you want. We got more shit for y'all to do. Yeah, if, let's keep if, it going. Yeah, if you want to keep it going. keep it going. Rawr, rawr. <laughs> TMZ. <laughs> I, re- I really, I really, you know, because you know what be crazy is like, yo, some G shit murder, like, it be like, or some what the fuck, man. No, be or some G shit. It be like, Cam, you be wildin'. I'll be like, y'all really don't know this nigga. Like, y'all really, really have no clue who the, who who who's worse than me. Like, it's real subtle and deliberate. So you really don't have a clue of how this nigga operates, man. So I be like, enjoy yourself. You got the real. You really have the wrong niggas to try and put under pressure. Pause. It's yeah. really the like the dead ass wrong niggas. Round. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. Oh man. I'm, I'm mad. I ain't thinking that too. Mo, I'm, what's I'm, up, Mo? I'm mad about that. Mo, what's, what's good? Going on? How you, man? I be thinking, how was your week? Oh, it's fabulous, man. Look, hey, it be so crazy. I'm out in public, and uh, it, it's crazy. Like, everybody asks me about the show now, and they swear up and down. They be like, yeah, when May's coming back to the show? And I act like we talk every day. I'm like, yeah, you know, he'll be back in a second, man. <laughs> I'm telling people now. <laughs> yeah, I told niggas, I said, when Mace come back, I'm leaving for a week. Niggas said, don't do that. I said, nah. <laughs> They say, yo, when he be back in studio, this is not any other show. Y'all niggas getting too fancy for us, man. I said, he be back soon, man. They definitely looking for you, though. Well, Mace, we'll be back in studio soon. Yeah. Okay. He'll be back Sunday. And then Maurice, glad to have you here this week. So let's get into the Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are keeping head coach Mike McCarthy, despite losing to the Packers 48 to 32 in the playoffs. After speculation, Jerry Jones confirmed and said, while we're all disappointed with the result on Sunday and with our playoff record, I'm 100% supportive of him as our head coach and ability to reach our goals. Is this a good decision for the team? Go ahead, Mo. Well, I, I don't think so, man. Uh, I, I looked at this one. I looked at him. I looked at like the Ryan Day situation at Ohio State where you have somebody who takes you but so far, but in the games that matter and moving on and, and making uh, divisional runs to the championship or getting you to the Super Bowl, a guy just can't do it. And so uh, I don't know if there's like not a, a free coach in the market that they currently want or that they're currently eyeballing. But for me, I'm like, man, uh, it's, it's sort of similar to the Ohio State situation where you have a good coach and he can get you but so far. Uh, but, you know, he isn't he isn't the guy you know, proverbially to make that championship run with you. So I don't agree with it. You know, that's just my personal opinion. Um, shit. 
Well, this, you know, I'm going a lot of different directions. I, I believe, and I said, I don't know this for a fact. I believe niggas reached out to Bill. Bill said no. Niggas said keep the nigga. You know, that is, it's just that simple for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Bill Belichick would not have got lost that game if he coached that same exact team uh, last week when they lost. That same team, he would have got at least to the, I'm about to say the Eastern Conference Finals, to the NFC um, Conference Championship. Minimum, minimum with that same team. Um, I think that Jerry Jones is getting older, uh, prematurely bitten his past. He may have fired head coaches too quick. And they may have said this, that, and that. Look, look, I ain't even going to be long-winded and give some fake political answer. Niggas is not available who they want. Uh, McCartney, yep. he has a great regular season record. I believe he's like fourth in a lot of statistical. I don't have it in front of me. I was reading it earlier. A lot of statistical coaching um, stats. In the regular season, he's well. Playoffs, he's not doing so well. And we said this at the beginning of the season. The Cowboys will be judged purely on what they do in the playoffs. We said this preseason. We said this week one. We said this week four. We said this week eight. We said this week 12. We said this week 17 going into the the wild card weekend. And we was 100% right. Like, and the thing about it is we don't need to be Biff from Back to the Future 2 to guess what was going to happen. This shit been happening. There's nothing new. So at the end of the day, Bringing them back, I'm not saying it's bad, but it may be nobody else on the market. But I, I agree with Mo. If I had a, another opportunity to bring somebody back, then I would. You got to realize he didn't just lose. He lost to the organization that he coached for however many years he coached over there. You don't want to lose to your old organization that you've been coaching and they got yeah. rid of you. So um, if it was a better person out there to coach the Dallas Cowboys, I think that Jerry Jones may have picked him, but my opinion is Bill said, I don't need that type of pressure on me right now. And he may go with the Falcons. Let me ask you a question. Shout, shout out to Jermaine Dupree, though, too. Jermaine Dupree did say Bill Belichick was going to the yeah. Falcons. If he's going still, that has yet to be determined, but it looks that way. We'll see. Yeah, Mo, you wanted to ask me yeah. something for Mace talk? Um, go ahead, go ahead, Mace. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say Belichick... Belichick would have been a bad fit for um, the the Cowboys in a way because him and Jerry Jones would probably be fighting about who's going to make the decision. And I think McCarty should stay as the um, the head coach because he's an offensive coach. And their problem is offense. Their problem is defense. They weren't able to stop nobody from running the ball. So whether it was the 49ers, I know they're going to blame Trevin Diggs for not being present, but they got more issues than that in their defense. Mo, you I, I was going to ask this question, right? Yep. Uh, we all know there's coaches who get it done in the preseason, right, or during the regular season. In y'all opinion, like, what is it that what what is it that a coach has in the postseason to make championship runs? Like, what is that coach's mentality versus somebody else? And I don't know if that's the right way to frame it, but when I when I thought about him and Ryan Day, they have similar. Um, I don't know, similar paths with, you know, we we win all of the regular games that we're supposed to win. We have good records. And like Cam said, he has good stats. So it's hard to argue against that. But what is it that you can't get done in the postseason? So like when you look at Andy Reid, right? Andy Reid was up in uh, Philadelphia for all those years. And then he went over to uh, Kansas City and then he got it done. And is it the team? Is this something that switches mentality? I don't know. I just asked a gen- I just wanted to ask a general question to see if y'all like has some feedback on it. Yeah, real quick, absolutely. Just real quick to piggyback over what May said, though. Yeah, I think that you may be right about Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones um, bumping heads and colliding. That's a great take. But if their problem is defense, Bill Belichick is a defensive coach. That he comes from the Giants when they was winning the championships. He he's a he specializes in defense. And like you said, if it's no problem on offense because McCartney specializes in offense, the problem is defense. But I do agree with what you said. It may be a clash of bumping heads because Bill Belichick been a GM all these years outside of just being the coach. Um, back to Mo. That's a great question, you know, Mo. And um, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, you got, you got to, te- you got, it's about being 
also turning up as a coach. A coach, not saying I don't know Mike McCartney's personal um, personality, but let's say, for instance, let's just use the Texans, right? For example, you got young, young quarter, young quarterback in there, you know, new coach in there. That energy in there. I look at that coach and I see, yeah, let's get fired up. Nigga, let's go. Nigga, you know what time it is. You know they saying we're going to lose. Let's go. I look at that same energy with the Lions coach. You know, the Lions coach that week, yeah. they lost to Dallas um, because of the penalty or whatever it is. That nigga couldn't even sit still at the press conference. He couldn't know where to put his gum. He's sitting around, <laughs> running around, just like, yo, what the fuck? He just put the gum in a piece of paper, boiled yeah. the shit up. He was really upset. Same <laughs> thing with Green with, with um Green Bay's coach. Now, look, think about Green Bay, right? We'll just use Green Bay, for example. Uh, Florette. Uh, LaFleur, pardon me. I call it a Florette. My, uh, my nigga LaFleur. He had to think about this. Him and Aaron Rodgers was bumping heads for mad years because Aaron Rodgers felt, I got more knowledge than you, nigga. I've been, I've been doing this longer than you've been coaching, nigga. I won the Super Bowl, nigga. So when he first got there, I seen a lot of tension between him and Aaron Rodgers, and it even leaked in the press conferences to where Aaron Rodgers would say little yeah. slick shit, like, yo, you know, I, you know, he's trying to tell me what play to run when I've been in the NFL doing this longer than him. To where now you got Jordan Love who can listen to his game plan, listen to what he has to say because it's more of a teacher-student thing as opposed to when Aaron Rodgers was there and Aaron Rodgers felt he had seniority over the coach and he's still your coach whether you're older or you're close in age or whatever the case may be. I think it's your coach has to turn up to another level to rile your team up as well. And I don't know if McCartney has, McCartney has that in the postseason. I would like to hear what Mace has to say about that as well, though. The, the situation with Jordan Love and his coach, I think they're just a um a better fit all together. I don't really have much to say about that pause. No, he what the question was, Mace, just in case you didn't hear the question, is he he said what yeah. what makes coaches better in the postseason as opposed to the regular season, just any coach. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, what makes what makes any coach better? better is preparation preparation and the ability to communicate and get the best out of their players some people know which button to press like you said killer what conversation to have mm -hmm. you know some people can use even negativity like somebody running a in the um in the in the locker room on us and he said yo i mean if y'all lose a day i wouldn't be sad you playing against Steph. that's all you need to know I mean, if y'all lose, I wouldn't be sorry. I mean, you should look at Mason. Y'all should have no problem with it because he, he's just better than y'all. <laughs> you know? I swear to God. I swear to God, I was going to say that same thing. I swear on everything I love. I promise you, after you finish talking, I swear to God, I was about to say that same exact thing. When, when, we, when we got to, so when the playoffs started, when the playoffs started um, that year, we went to the championship. <laughs> you know, you get the brackets. You get the brackets of who you're going to play. And yeah, and, and if everybody won their games in the semifinals, we played against Lincoln, Steph Marbury and them. So our coach looked at the brackets yeah. and said, well, y'all look like y'all had a good run. It looked like it was going to stop at the semifinals. But, you know, we, that's a hell of a run get into the semifinals because there's no way you're going to yeah, beat Lincoln. Y'all should be happy. Yeah. Y'all come back next year. Y'all be good. Yeah. Yeah. This Damn. was... Y'all yeah. be great next year. Yo, I swear to God I was going to say that. I was sitting... double down on it in the locker room. I say, yo, killer. <laughs> this nigga is not scoring. Yo, yo that's I'm a fact. Sure <laughs> right. So now when we, so now before the playoffs start, you know you got to win two games. No, we got to win a game, win another game. Now you're at the semifinals. So now you're in the locker room. He said, y'all did what you <laughs> said. <laughs> y'all did what y'all was supposed to do. <laughs> y'all should be happy. This nigga used to piss us the fuck off, my nigga. And that was a great way to put it, Mace, that if you know how to push certain <laughs> niggas' buttons, pause. 
Like for instance, let's go. Let's let's use this weekend for yeah, example. He knew that wasn't gonna break us. He yeah. knew that pause. He knew that wasn't gonna break us. Right. Some players you tell that to, you would ruin their confidence. He knew we was from the ghetto. He knew we we got up for the games. He know Maze can't afford to listen to this, and he knows I'm a amp killer. Like yo, killer. Let's That's go. Back, B. And go. yeah, and for instance, let's just use let's just uh. Let's say for an example, right? Um, I'm just trying to think of an example. So let, let's just use this for an example. You got Kansas City playing playing against the uh, Bills, and and I and I don't know this. I'm just trying to give you an example. You may have the you may have the defensive coordinator for the Bills saying, you know, I don't know. Last time Patrick Mahomes had three three. Uh, Touchdown! He may be telling the cornerback this defense, or the, the cornerback for the Bills, and this is not actual stats. I'm just saying a, a scenario. They went to your side three times, three touchdowns. It's the playoffs yeah. now, so he, he may be expecting four or five. You're the weak side. That's that's what I'm figuring. They figure that you're the weak side, yeah. so they're gonna go to your side all game. I, I know I would. <laughs> this, you know, this is the shit you gotta say to certain niggas. You gotta know what buttons to push, like May said, to get the best out yeah, of your you players. Weak side. <laughs> you I hope weak. your girl is not coming or anything like that, because you know next week we play Mahomes and right? Yeah, and, and he, at home. And they disrespected you last time, so imagine what it'll do to you in the playoffs. So that was a great answer. You yeah. gotta know what buttons to push with certain players. You gotta know who's sensitive. You got the summing up, May said it really the best. You got to know, the however he summed it up, the ability to get the best out of your players and maximize it. Because football is not basketball. You can't go back in game two and make adjustments or game three or game four, five, six, or possibly seven. This is one and done. Any given Sunday, yeah. you go home. So yeah. the preparation throughout the week has to be tremendous. So this is actually kind of like a two-part question because McCarthy was asked why fans should buy back into head coach. And in an interview, I'm going to read it verbatim. He said, I believe the direction, the leadership, everything is in place. I'm not very comfortable talking about myself, but I came here to win a championship. I didn't come here to get another contract or anything other than that. I came to Dallas to win a world championship, and that's why I'm standing here. Buy into it. Does his pitch make you believe Maurice first? No, it doesn't make me believe. That's like a good political answer he probably gave to uh, to the fans. But don't nobody want to hear that shit after you lose. You know, <laughs> uh, people still mad. <laughs> they frustrated. Uh, people want to win. Like, are those good wholesome uh, talks are good for, like, training camp. And it's good when you have a new fans come around. It's good when you're trying to sell tickets and corral the energy back around, right? and get your fan base. But don't nobody want to hear that shit after you lose. You know, people frustrated, people mad. And then you'll have like, you know, we'll make jokes and everybody else like around the world make jokes. And you become the butt of the joke as the Cowboys not being able to get it done and hanging on championships back from like 93. You know what I'm saying? So it sounds good. And, and it was probably the only words that he can conjure up. But at some point when you have all of the pieces that you need to go on a championship run, uh, it, it, at some point it comes down to you. Like even what Mason's talking about, or, or they was talking about uh, the defense being the issue, right? At some point you have to look back on coaching. So for anybody who doesn't know, and I love, like I love this platform because it becomes like people who may not be uh, familiar with all of sports, right? Always remember this in football, right? Uh, players are supposed to make plays. Coaches are supposed to put them in position to make plays. And if you have guys that are out of position and you have big plays being gotten, on the defense, it's because coaching didn't put people in position to make plays, right? You may see a you, you may see an error from a player, but when you have people getting gashed for yards or people coming back from huge deficits and stuff like that, a lot of that stuff is uh, leaning on coaching. And so uh, the answer is some uh, bullshit, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to totally agree with with Maurice. I that didn't. I mean. It wasn't passion. Like, nah, that shit was just a political answer. Just <laughs> like, yo, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And, and, I ain't, and I ain't gassing it. Stat was there. I don't know if Stat was there this time. Stat was there one of these times. Then we went to, and listen, man, and sometimes, sometimes the speech doesn't always work 
but it's about believing what you say. Uh, we went to Colorado, and when I was in that locker room with Deion Sanders, this, <laughs> I swear to God, I, I'm not capping. If that nigga asked me to to suit up for two plays, I would have did it. I can't say I got 16 <laughs> plays in. If he needed me on special teams, I would have got out there for special teams Yeah, after the nigga said what he said, man. You know, you, you got to make niggas believe. And, and Deion Sanders, and I, I know as professional coaches that do this too, I'm just saying that's kind of close to home. That's why I'm using Deion Sanders. But what I'm saying is mm -hmm. the, coach, the coach said, I'm, this is what Dion said. I know, I, know, I know we're dealing with college and professional, two different things, but I'm just giving an example of motivation. <laughs> the coach told Dion Sanders that I don't know why you got on a hat and sunglasses because yeah, you're doing an interview. My mother told me to take my hat and my sunglasses off when I'm talking to people. I went to that, next, that game when they was about to play him. The locker room's packed. Dion's making the speech. I see the crowd moving out the way. I'm like, what's going on? It's Dion's mother walking through the crowd to get on the podium. <laughs> Niggas is like, yo, nah. She takes the mic. She like, fuck told niggas I, told, I ain't raised my son right. Right. We about to go kick ass. Niggas is like, work, yo. <laughs> Fucking mama love is, yo. I'm telling you, sometime it take that. It take that. When I seen the niggas parting the shit for his mother, and niggas talk about, so I ain't raised my son right? Yo, fam, that gave me the chills. You know what I'm saying? No cap. <laughs> so sometimes it takes little techniques and little motivation to get your team aroused. As far as the speech that that he just said, that shit didn't make me want to buy in the next year. And I know that made Dallas fans even more mad. Tell me some shit. Lie to me, nigga. Tell me some shit <laughs> that make me want to be a season ticket holder. That speech would not make me comfortable as a season ticket holder if I was in Dallas. Mason. Real quick to add to that, because yeah. um, the speech at Colorado was insane, Like, because I was there for that moment. Yeah, oh, when yeah. his mom came out, it was crazy. We was chanting, had us all running out on the field. Like, <laughs> I've never suited up in my life. And at that moment, you feel like you could do anything. Yeah. And it wasn't like he was making it easy. He's not like, you guys are going to have it. He's like, y'all better fight. Y'all don't, don't let nobody disrespect you or your mama. And it was just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah for yeah. real. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it was, it was crazy, man. It was crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. Base. Yeah, I think honestly, my my take on that is that your your belief matches how you live. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard to say you believe something if you're not going strong and pause in that direction. So to say that as the loss is like the total opposite. Like for me, I believe I'm supposed to win. So if I that's why when I lost, I'm crying because I believe. I'm supposed to win this. They're, like you said, killer, there's no emotion right. towards that loss. It's just like you believe this, but on the basis of what? That's crazy. So I, I can I, I can agree with that. Anytime that I'm super yeah. frustrated or, I, or like I, I feel like uh, I've given my everything to something, if I lose, it's going to visibly show. Anybody who you invest a whole lot of anything into, if you don't get the results that you that you want, and it's just that loss, especially in sports when you give a lot to it. So I agree with you. Listen, man. Yeah, and when you're that cool about a loss, you definitely didn't give it your all. Go ahead, Killer. No, no, no. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Got finished? Yeah. I was going to say, give me a solo real quick. I'm Mike McCartney <laughs> after the loss. And, and I just got reinstated to the Cowboys. <laughs> You know why I'm back? Because I didn't get the fucking job done. That's why I'm back. You know why I'm back? Because I let the Jones family down. That's why I'm back. You know why I'm back? I let the city of Dallas down. That's why I'm back. You know why I'm back? I let the Cowboys before me down. They're boarding the championships. I let Emmitt Smith down. I let Troy Aikman down. I let Michael Irvin down. I'm not leaving this city until I get a championship because that's what I was here to deliver. That's why I'm back. 
You understand? And that's what I'm here to do. And that's what's going to get done. Questions? You start like that, nigga. <laughs> that's how you sell it. <laughs> you, just like, no, because you know, you, you, that's, a tear got to drop down your eye like Denzel yeah, and Glory, nigga. Go yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I want winners. Yeah. I want winners on my team. Who is that? that that's yeah. the coach. Yeah, exactly. Man. You, yeah. You got you got to go. Yeah, exactly, man. That's how it got to go, man. So anything got a shoe else, program, nigga. Yeah, yeah, the shoe program, nigga. Yeah, you need Denzel in training day, nigga. Yeah, like nigga, if you ain't coming with that energy, then I don't want to. Yeah. I can't be bothered, nigga. I don't believe you. Period. Do not be surprised if somebody takes that. Because I could see it right now. Yeah. Like, this looks real familiar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, if somebody steals my shit yeah. and sings it. Yeah, let me copyright that yeah. tomorrow. Case of coach. They try to steal my right. shit and run with it. I could see it already. Yeah. All right. And they going to tag us, too, if somebody does it next. Yeah, so that's a fact. we'll be waiting for that. Yeah. All right. Moving yeah. along. Colts owner Jim Ursay was found unresponsive at home in December. The Colts revealed he was dealing with a severe respiratory illness and then they declined to offer any specific response. But it's still unclear what the issue was. So thoughts on the situation, Maurice, first. Yeah, it just shows you what power does, you know, just a blunt uh, uh, word about it. So he had issues in the past where he had overdosed before and not, not, not overdosed, but he got caught with a bunch of Percocets and then he went on like a bunch of interviews and talking about him going into drug and alcohol treatment and uh, him being a bad example for players and so on and so forth. So I'm pretty sure, you know, he lived in probably the rural uh, Indianapolis area and they pulled up on him and he was unresponsive. So they gave the commercial response to try to protect the Colts brand. But it's like, you know, it's the hypocrisy of, of everything. You know, when, you, when you're an owner and you're powerful, uh, there's no sanctions or there's no standard for behavior. Because your your peers, you know, they probably do the same thing that you do. Uh, but that, that was like my first thought on it. But the, the second thought on it is I, that I actually hope that he does get well and that he is that he doesn't abuse and, 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 and end up killing himself. But, you know, if you're to the point where you OD and, you know, say you you had an issue that ain't been checked and, you know, the people who are around you just allowing you to, um, you know, uh, abuse yourself. I don't know. Two thoughts on it. Well. Well, I'll say what Maurice just said. I, I, I totally agree with it, but I'll, I'll just um, make it sure that he's a junkie. Jim Irsay is a junkie, all right? We're, gonna, we're not going to sugarcoat it. He's a junkie. He's been getting <laughs> fucked up for years, high and everything else. He got pulled over under the influence. And he also said, I remember him getting pulled over talking about he was under the influence driving. And he said, niggas just pulling me over because I'm white and I'm a billionaire. <laughs> what? <laughs> the audacity. Like, yo, he said that shit on HBO. He said, nah, niggas just fucking with me because I'm rich, white, and I'm a billionaire. Fuck with black people. Well, then why the fuck we keep getting pulled over and we ain't none of that shit? <laughs> well, I don't... He said, he said that shit loud and clear, too. And he was drunk when he said it. Niggas just... And it was on HBO. Niggas just fucking with me because I'm... Down. Yeah, yeah, he... Nah, niggas just, pull, <laughs> niggas just pulling me over because I'm I'm white, rich, and I'm a billionaire. R murder the real reverse racism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Niggas, yeah, 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 yo, yo, bro, he, he's been getting high and drunk and fucked up for years. We got to think about how many times that they didn't put this out publicly. This has been going on for over a decade that, that fans and, and uh, analysts and whoever knows about, whoever's been looking to it, this is not nothing new. And when he got fucked up the last time, niggas like, oh, he's going to get help. He's going to get better. This has been going on since Peyton Manning been at the fucking yes. talks. So, so this is not nothing new. I'm going to classify it to junkie and I'm going to move on from it. And I hope he gets better. I do I, I do agree with Mace. I mean, pardon me, with Maurice. But Maurice had an eloquent answer. You know, I, I'll give you a perfect, I'll give you a perfect example. And, and this is, you know, as a TV show I was watching and the mother a, a son was dating the mother. Pardon me, I'm, I'm bugging out. The son was dating a girl, and the mother was like, yo, your girlfriend's getting high, your girlfriend's getting high. And James Evans Sr. took the phone and said, Junior, she's a damn junkie. 
Come on home, man. Your home, you're out with a junkie. Stop it, my nigga. And that's that's just what happened just now. Maurice, no, no, no disrespect. He was flawed and I was James. You're dating a junkie. That nigga's junkie. He been doing this for years. We don't even know about the stuff that's not publicized. Hope he does get help, but this does this isn't nothing new. If it's over 10 years and you tried to get help a few times, it's a pattern, and sometimes it's gonna be hard to get over at his age. Mace, what do you think? That's crazy. <laughs> I think I think he's blessed to even to even be found unresponsive. Like for real, they could have just went a whole another way. Like anytime you you found unresponsive, it's time for you to clean it up because that is your other chance. So to be arguing with the cops when they pull you over is reckless. Yeah, but he got the protect. He got the complexion for the protection. But is that reverse racism, or he was really drunk and high, murder? <laughs> because you, you, the, you know, you the, you're the president of reverse racism, the CEO. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out is this a, is this a case of reverse racism when he said niggas just pulling me over because I'm white, rich, that and a billionaire? Crazy to hear somebody say, "Oh, you just pulling me over because I'm white." Said it though, and, and a billionaire. <laughs> No, but I'm talking about it ain't crazy to you. But basically but I, was saying, in other words, nigga, you hating on me, but I can't <laughs> say it. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. Yo, Mo, no. you, you was going to say something, Mo? I'm sorry. Yeah, so like, <laughs> ahead, like I, I just, I laugh at this stuff, man, because like we, we have like situational integrity, right? And what I mean is that, you know, you were going to get the kid, Henry Ruggs, you know, it was a kid who uh, killed the person out there in Vegas. Uh, in the car wreck, you know, when he was uh, driving and we talk about him being under the influence. So you will paint this man all across the all across the TV of how bad he is. Or if you have players, you would just slander them and how bad they are. Uh, but something where somebody's supposed to be the leader of an organization. Right. There's no sanctions for that. And I'm not looking for this dude to get in trouble. I don't want him to get in trouble. I wish I really wish that, you know, whatever situation he's dealing with, he goes and gets help. But I don't I don't know why it burns my skin up sometimes to when when it's talking about young black kids or just niggas in general, uh, just the same standard. And I know we live in America and I know just what it is, but this is like the obvious. Like this is one of those situations that, you know, when you're supposed to uphold an organization, it's supposed to be the leader or supposed to be the representative. There's a there's an expectation and a standard of behavior that you're supposed to exemplify. And I just think like, you know, uh, me personally, I've been slandered for not holding myself to a certain behavior and a certain standard, but this is a situation where, you know, we sweep these things up under the rug and act like they're everyday things. But when you get a player, you become conditioned to beat him up or beating her up for just whatever that they doing. You know, the, 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 the scales are slanted. You know what I'm saying? True story. True story. And then for those watching who are a little bit confused on the context, I'm going to read the exact quote that he said. Um, he said, I am prejudiced against because I'm a rich white billionaire. If I'm just the average guy down the block, they're not pulling me in. Of course not. <laughs> so this is what he said verbatim. This is, it is what it is. We are the source. This is not made up. Just so y'all know. Okay. As we know, Gerard Mayo is now the Patriot Patriots head coach, and people are unsure of his experience. He previously played for the Patriots as a linebacker for eight seasons and started his coaching career in 2019 when he was named New, New England's inside linebackers coach. But do you think people's concerns are valid since he was only a linebackers coach? Maurice first. Oh, well, two things I think of when I heard of him. Uh, one, I think Robert Kraft has been heavily influenced by uh, Meat Mill. Jay-Z and everything that goes on uh, with that whole coalition for justice reform and being inclusive or black people being inclusive in opportunities that white people don't have or, or that white people have. Hopefully, hopefully I said it right. And I think that that probably played a major role. And I'm not trying to say Gerard Mayo isn't prepared because some everybody starts off inexperienced with something and everybody needs one opportunity to get going, Right. And uh, I think it's part of that. But then I also think that when you think of Boston uh, or just the, the whole far northeast, you think of like the, the area, you think of like a, a heavily racist space. So I think the the, the racism or the, the 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 disdain for him, they're probably like, man, you, you you're leaving a legacy with Bill Belichick and all of the championships he won. 
And so we don't really think this nigga can do it. Like you couldn't find anybody else like this nigga who only coached linebackers. Like when I read that article or when I read the responses and the comments from people, that's how I translated it. Just like as a black dude, like I was like, oh, they don't think a nigga who coached linebackers can do it. Um, that's just my two cents about it. I'll let y'all talk. No, that was a great take because um, if it wasn't yesterday. It may have been the day before yesterday. I'm not sure what day. I said the same shit as far as territory is concerned. As far as Boston is perceived racist for a lot of years. And we know it's a lot of niggas up there in Boston, but I'm just saying it's perceived as a racist place. Um, and listen, Mo, I swear to God, I was going to say the same thing. Robert Kraft has become a nigga nigga lately, man. You know what I'm saying? You got to realize <laughs> it. Like, that nigga, God bless the dead, his wife passed away, and nigga, like, I'm going to live the rest of my life to the fullest. He hanging out with Jay-Z. He's hanging out with Meek Mills. He's hanging out with the owner of the... Uh, of the Philadelphia 76ers, but you know, Philly's Mike a, Ruben. yeah, he's a super duper white. Uh, that's a, pardon me, that's a, Philly's a nigga out. Philly is a nigga nigga town. And Robert Kraft has taken into the urban community, which we love, which we love you, Robert. We appreciate you. And we understand. Think about right this. Robert got caught in a handjob joint. You know what I'm saying? That nigga <laughs> Robert is doing nigga shit. He like, yo, I'm going to give this nigga a chance, man. <laughs> yo, I'm going to give this nigga a chance. He's doing a lot of nigga shit, so I'm not knocking Robert Kraft for giving a nigga an opportunity, um, but I'm not mad at people's concerns either. Like, wait a minute, Rob, now we are the Patriots now. Now you might be taking this nigga shit a little bit too far. <laughs> we are, now, now, come on now. We was built on them fucking shoulders of Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. That's 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 good old Apple American pie, nigga. That's that's white on white crime, nigga. That we we that is as white as can be. You going straight, nigga? After Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, you put you don't put a light skin nigga, nigga. You don't put Barack Obama. You put a Dawson. You put a nigga, nigga, nigga. Complexion counts. Melatonin counts. Think about this. Think about this. Think about this murder, right? Just give me an example, right? I'm just. Imagine, I'm just saying, I'm, and listen, I'm dumb happy for Barack Obama being our president. I'm dumb happy. Do you think, and I'm asking Mace this specifically, I'm asking you this, Murder. To say, a nigga with Barack Obama's same qualifications, school-wise, education-wise, government, whatever he did before he came to the president, if he was the same complexion as Flavor Flav, do you think he would have got that job? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, you you can't be as dark as Flavor Flav and get the president job at this particular point. Be happy they they like oh, look, we let a light skin nigga in, man. <laughs> you know, and he's from yeah, Africa. Yeah. They said he's from Africa too. So what else y'all want? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's great, you know. Yeah. So listen, I, I get people's concerns, but I understand where Robert Kraft has been. Uh, hanging out the last few years. So I get both sides of the spectrum. <laughs> that was a great take. <laughs> okay. And then lastly, before we go to break, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh asked for immunity in his new contract, meaning it would spell out any penalty he could face if the NCAA rules him responsible for any future case. So what are your thoughts considering his entire situation? Maurice. <laughs> Oh, he got a great lawyer. That nigga used leverage. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he won a championship and said, fuck that. If I'm coming back, <laughs> I ain't answering for none of that stuff that I did. Right. So that, that's just good lawyer, man. Yo, so let me ask you, so I'm more clear on this um, particular topic. I know exactly what immunity is. But what is immunity uh, in the NCAA or with the school? I think it's, I think it's, the, I think it's, to me, the way I read it when I read it was he doesn't want, rather he goes to the NFL or stays with the school that he has no legal recourse against him as contract or anything that he has going on or that he can't get in any trouble. And I figured that now that he's gotten past that Connor Stallion stuff, he's gotten past the cheating. I've brought a, I brought a championship to you all and y'all trying to renegotiate my contract. Man, look, if y'all want me to stay with this shit, y'all better push y'all weight against the NCAA and, and do everything y'all can do to keep me away from that stupid shit. So I looked at him as like as leveraging himself and leveraging that. And so I'm not sure if it's with the school or both. It could be both. You know what I'm saying? 
but I took like the entire the, the entire situation is that. Yeah, that's what, the reason I was asking because <clears throat> I dig it with the school. Like, look, y'all niggas can't penalize me. But the NCAA may be like, who the fuck is you trying to get immunity with us? We the NCAA. No, you can't get immunity, nigga. This is, yeah. Yeah, who are you to tell us to give you immunity? What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? You want a little chip, huh? Now you want immunity? The fuck is you talking about, my nigga? You know the show goes on, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm, the, I'm the NCAA talking to Jim. You know the show goes on, right? <laughs> you know what? If you leave it, don't cut. The show goes on, nigga. And, I, and listen, I'm a hardball fan. You know I would fight for players, fight for them to get money, fight for all this shit. Listen, I'm a big hit fan, but if I'm the NCAA, you know we ain't been paying niggas, right? You know we get billions of dollars and don't pay players. We figured out a way for y'all to go get money on your own. You know, that's, you know, because niggas see NIL and be like, oh, they get players can finally get paid. Not from the schools, not from the NCAA. They like, if you could go get it, go get it. They not, we're not giving you none of our shit. <laughs> you can forget about that. So when he's asking for immunity, that's why I was asking for clarity. And I would probably have to do some more homework on it as well. But I can see him asking Michigan for that. But asking the NCAA, I don't know if they would go. I mean, I, I would I would definitely try if I was some gutsy as fuck. Definitely gutsy. Some shit I would do too. You want me yeah. back immunity, nigga. I'm a diplomat already. No, even go ahead. No, here you talk about it. Here you talk about it. What makes more logical sense is with Michigan. Like okay. just the way you explained and I just talked about it and the reason it, I think it might be Michigan. I don't think it's the NCAA because they don't have any governance over that. Right. That's what that's why I was asking the question. I'm like, where yeah. how far does this immunity go? Now look, that's still <laughs> good with Michigan too, because you know, Michigan will sit there and take the five five banners down because they took a couple of dollars. When they was fucked up from a nigga, nigga take down they, their accolades and all their wins and all this other shit. So I dig that if they're doing that for Michigan. I don't think that's going to fly with the NCAA, so I hope it is Michigan. But, Jim, if get, his, get away with as much shit as you can while you're hot. You know, that's, that's just the way you do it. You, why are that's you hot? That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Why are you hot? Get away. Why you hot? Yeah. Get away with where you ask for immunity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When you hide, get away with as much but shit as you can. Scream, he must have did something, right? <laughs> <laughs> immunity does scream that, yo. <laughs> you don't know yet, but yeah, I, I know, know that somebody might know. Right. So we just going dead that right now. Yeah. I want y'all chip. <laughs> Let bygones be bygones. You didn't see me, I didn't see you. That's a fact. And it also <laughs> lets us know he know that they got pulled with the NCAA to make it be erased. But that's well, a good to ask for that. But that's a good point as well, Mace. Fuck about to happen. <laughs> that you need immunity. <laughs> 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 which was about to happen that we don't know that you want to mute it. Yo, if y'all don't give me a mute right now, I'm going let's to NFL. <laughs> let's just say, I'm not saying I did, but if I did do and somebody might know about it, I need you to help me out with the immunity. Yeah. So yeah. did you do it, Jim? We don't need to talk about that. I want y'all to chip, yeah. push the immunity through. Yeah, exactly. And then just for a little bit more clarification. So it is within his Michigan contract, but it's saying that he wants immunity and to delay the buyout in case an NFL team calls. So he's really trying to get best of both worlds and see what happens. So if it's on his record, that's technically not on his record because it would be bypassed. So that's a sticky situation to get out of, but it looks like he's going to make it happen. So. When you hot, you hot, man. That's just the way it goes, yo. Yeah, you know, listen, man, if if you look, if you're a musician or artist or whatever, you got a price and you got a super price. May has got a moment price for us. When <laughs> we negotiate those niggas, you gotta pay for the moment. And they pay. And they pay. You're paying for the moment going to go to break and when we return we will discuss the Josh Giddy case. Pink horse power. She called this thing about toxic. What's happening, man? Hey, what's happening? Why are you walking like that? That's how 
That's how I walk. And then, like, you come on breathing on me like that. I fucking breathe to live. And, like, you used to be dark-skinned, and now you act like hella light-skinned. Are you fucking blind? I'm dark-skinned. What, what the fuck? And then, like, look at your beard. The fuck is wrong with my beard? stupid. What the fuck are you talking about? No, I don't even like it. The way you breathe in, all of that. Has this ever happened to you? Your girl seems to be mad, angry, upset. She's frustrated. It's only one way to handle that. Pink horsepower. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to give you a massage. Plus, have I told you how good your beard looks lately? It looks so good. No! PHP. It works every time. Wait! Where are you going? Welcome back. So let's get into our underdog fantasy picks of the day. Tonight, the Celtics will play the Nuggets. Jason Tatum is at 27 and a half points. Do you have him higher or lower camp? I'm going to go higher. Okay. Mace? Higher. Okay. Jalen Brown is at five rebounds. Do you have him higher or lower? Mace? Nigga better have five, more than five rebounds. I'm going to go higher. Okay. I'm going to go lower. Okay. And Jokic is at 46 and a half points, rebounds, and assists combined. Do you have him higher or lower, Kim? Points, assists, and rebounds. Mm -hmm. That's a good bet right there. That's really good. Um, I'm going to go higher. I don't think he liked that loss to Philly the other night. He filled the stat sheet up the other night as well. I'm going to go pause low on that one. Yeah. Lower? I'm going to go higher. Okay, download the Underdog Fantasy app and you can make your picks too. We are joined back with our analyst, Maurice Claret. Okay, OKC's Josh Giddy won't face any charges from an alleged relationship with a minor. The case has been closed. You guys have been wanting us to talk about it. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts on the results? I didn't, you know, people get mad at us about this topic and shit. They've been pissed off with us like, not saying nothing about the Giddy shit. And I'm like, I didn't really do too much homework on it until a conviction because I still stand on what I said. Fucking with a minor, once you do that with me, or not, not with me, pause, of course. But listen, once I find out you do that, I'm going to bomb on you and I'm never fucking with you again. And I'm going to bomb on you anytime I get a chance to bomb on you. Um, so I didn't do a lot of due diligence on it. I know people have been furious, furious with us. Oh, you yeah, haven't spoke about that. You talk about this nigga. You talk about that nigga. You haven't talked about him yet. Because I was like, I'm waiting for a conviction or an indictment to see exactly what happened. Maybe Mason Maurice has a little bit more knowledge on it. But, um, I, you know, the most I know about it is I know she was under 18, but whatever state they was in, it was legal. And uh, so I'm like, let me see how this pans out and now see the charges are dropped. So I didn't do a lot of homework, but to the fans, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that because once you're a pedophile in my book, I, I don't fuck with you. That's why I went so hard on somebody trying to call us a pedophile one day. And, and I bombed on niggas for playing games with me like that because I don't play them type of games. So I'll leave this more recent Mace if they have more knowledge about it, but there's no charges filed, so I don't have a lot of information on it. Yeah, no, so uh, I, I, it was just interesting to me how they handle it, right? And I always, uh, like, allegations are allegations, right? And you've had less serious allegations towards other players, and they've been suspended, they've been hailed out of stuff, and they've not been able to participate, you know, in, in whatever their respective sport. And what I think people was mad at, they was like, man, was something that's so serious. You know, because, like, when you talk about pedophilia now, everybody naturally uh, jumps to the whole Epstein thing and everything that he's had going on, and that becomes, like, the national conversation. So. I think people were mad that even if accused, something should happen or some sort of sanction should come down and that they should delay him from moving forward. And I think that since it was so much information out on social media and pictures that 
you know, a picture on social media um, automatically made people assume that she was guilty or he was guilty. And I don't know the age of the girl, so I want to be real careful how I talk about it. But I think people were mad that the the, the NBA, who um, is this this national organization, they were mad that they, that nothing happened with that, right? And so I don't know. Obviously, he's gotten acquitted. You know, they um um they, and, and I don't know. I'll leave it at that because I don't want to misspeak on something with something so serious. Um, me personally, I, I can't speak much about his situation, but I could speak about that topic. Um, hypothetically, you think of, um, pedophilia when it comes to kids and adults, I think even with the way Adam Silva said he was going to look into it, I think you got to take a different approach because it's a child when it's adults, then you can kind of afford to let the information play out. But when it's a child, somebody should step in and 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 do that for the child and be that protection for the child. So um, what I would say is that even though a person is cleared now, what we've seen in our society is that a person could clear you today because they're 16 and not want to go through all of the dramatics and the drama of it and come back at 18 and need their money. So even though it's, it's brushed off today, doesn't mean it'll be brushed off um, two years from now, three years from now. And that's an interesting thing to think about. Well, since the case is closed, I don't really have much to say on the actual subject, but I do know OKC is second in the West. So now it's time for you to step it up because y'all, y'all right there. While LeBron and the Lakers went to play the Mavs, Bronny James played on the same night for USC against Arizona. But what do you think becomes the motivation for kids when parents are already financially and commercially successful? Maurice. I don't, I, that, that was, that question was probably more for those two. Uh, my, my kid is little and they're a lot more famous than I am and a lot more rigid than I am. And I just wanted to hear they, uh, like, you know, because they have kids and like, that was probably more for y'all than me. And, and, and I, I heard the question about who was playing what. So basically LeBron and Bronny James were playing on the same night. But Maurice's question is, what do you think is his motivation for wanting to play when his father's LeBron James? Like everything's. Yep. No, I understood. I just didn't. I was just. No, saying, let, me, I, let me say it. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say how I thought it. So I, I was just thinking to myself, like, if if I'm one of y'all kids, I'm, I'm talking about both of y'all two. Like, what becomes the motivation to pursue anything? So when I seen LeBron, I seen his kid. Uh, I played just to get money. I was trying to get out the hood, right? But then once you have money and you're out the hood, like what becomes a motivated factor? But y'all have kids and y'all rich and famous. And it's obvious, like, just from dealing with y'all kids in general, what becomes the motivation for kids uh, when when so much of the things that motivated you to get money or to get notoriety and fame, like what becomes that? That's what I'm talking about. I think Mace, Mace told me a funny story about him and his kids. I don't know if he'll share it with y'all, but you get, that's a great question for Mace. Mace. <laughs> Mace. Can you hear us, Mace? Y'all want me to say something? <laughs> yeah. I know y'all waiting for me to say something. <laughs> but I think I think it's a great I think it's a great thing. I also I believe that it's more about them creating a legacy. That's the motivation. The motivation got to be legacy at this point. To be able to do something that nobody else has been able to do. It will, it will speak um, volumes for his genetics, Pause to be able to say, I even got a son on the court at the same time as me. You know, I think that's, that's the, the best thing you can... You could possibly see in LeBron at this point, he's done everything else. And and um once that happens, I think the quicker Ronnie turns up, the quicker LeBron can retire. Because well, I think that's the only thing he's waiting for. But what he was saying is Mace, just so you're clear on the question and you can hear, he was saying not just Bronny and LeBron, your kids or I or my kids, what is their motivation with famous parents? to want to create their same legacy if the parents already got money? The real, the real, the real answer is still the same is, is legacy is because what, where Cam was able to take it, your son got to take it even further. 
because I, it's like Trump. His dad gave him a million dollars and he became the president. It's, it's always for the kid that comes after. You're an heir now. I wasn't an heir. I was in the hood. So I I redeemed the name. I brought the name to a level to where people around the world know this last name. But now you got to take this name to another place where or it will be a horrible life for you because that name already come with prestige. You know, the same way with Cam or Maurice Claret. If that kid runs on the floor and his name is Maurice Claret Jr., he doesn't get to be dropping dropping balls and paws and niggas tackling him out of out of bounds and he get up and crying. He gotta take that name to another level. And sometimes it's a lot of pressure on kids. So the motivation is to make your dad name remain. That's that's what because we redeemed the name, but now they gotta take it somewhere greater. That's that was a great answer. I, I couldn't have said that answer any yeah. any better, especially if you're doing the same occupation as your parents are already yeah. doing. Like me, I have a I have a different scenario with my son. My son doesn't want to live off my name. You know, I'm I'm his first go to, <laughs> but I'm his last go to. Like when niggas ask my son in junior high school, my son has the same name as me, Cameron Giles. So they started putting two and two together. Like, yo, is your dad Cam the rapper? He says, nah, my father owns a Macy's in the mall. That's not my father. And I'm like, Cam, nigga. Cam, they, you know they're going to put two and two together. So you're going to sound crazy, my nigga. But the end of the day is, he, you know, we go to the same gym. I go, I'll, he'll get to the gym. I'll go to the gym. <clears throat> I'll get on the machine next to him. He just walks away from me and goes to another machine. Then I go upstairs to another machine. He just walk. I say, yo, what the fuck is going on? Like, what? Y'all don't need people in here being my friend because you're my dad. All right? So he wants to be great without me being his father. So I, I like that as well, too. Sometimes they want to create their own legacy without without using you to be the, the, the catapult yeah. of them creating their own legacy. Because I used to get a little frustrated. Yo, bro. You're not taking advantage of none of this shit. I was supposed to catch you stealing the cars about the three times. Your mother's supposed to have been calling me saying you got bitches running around the house. We supposed to be underneath a scandal at least five, six years ago. <laughs> you know, we supposed to have been, your mother supposed to hate both of us by now. But he got his own path and it's a great path and I'm not yeah. mad at that. So at the end of the day, yeah. uh, if you're going in the same occupation as your parents, like May said, that's a great answer. But sometimes... Your kids don't want to even do what you did to get where you're at. They may want to be yeah. where you're at doing the first, being the first of whatever they want to do. Yeah, exactly. That's how my son tell me he wanted to go into politics. So he doesn't want me around him. He's like, what y'all do on the show is like, I don't want that associated with my name. <laughs> I don't want it associated with that name. What are you talking about? <laughs> my son, he's super intelligent. I love him. Yeah. I love him, but he said, you know what? Dad, that's good for you. I'm glad you found something to do with your time. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he hit you like you was in a nursing home, man. <laughs> no, he's no. too smart. He, he's too smart to be amongst this. Does it? You know anybody that used the word amongst is, is different. Yeah, <laughs> that's a hilarious story. <laughs> but shout out to our kids. Definitely, yeah. Definitely, shout out to the kids, man. Yeah. And then, last topic before we close. University of Miami's tight end, Cam McCormick, is granted his ninth year of eligibility. He began his career at Oregon in 2016, missed a chunk of four seasons due to injury, had a redshirt senior year, and missed a year of COVID. He was the same class as Nick Boza and Jalen Hurts. How do you feel about this? <laughs> this is perfect for Cam. All right, listen. I have a couple things. I, I, I'll, I'll go first. Two things. Well, a couple things real quick, and I'll be quick about it. 
<laughs> Niggas named Cam always know how to beat the system. <laughs> we always maneuver a way around to beat the system. <laughs> I don't know how we do it. Listen, I went to college, didn't graduate high school. I'm all fucking made in. I'm a businessman. I hire college students. No disrespect to that. We beat the system. And we figure out to beat this. Is, this is a little too far. All right. This is wild. All right. This is just straight up wild. Nick Bosa and Jalen Hurts. This you supposed to graduate? Yo, come on, man. Come on, five. This is this is preposterous. And and we talked about this a few weeks ago. And 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 Maurice brought light to the conversation when he was saying how the NCAA wants. And we was talking about um, Penix from Washington. How to, keep them around. Keep, keep them around to make the money. Keep them around to make the money. But this is just beyond anything. This this is just beyond that. Like, come on, guys. This is, I, and I'm not talking to you. I'm just like, I'm really speechless about it because, like I said, when we played, you get one injury year for red shirt. That's just that. You get hurt and you keep getting hurt. You missed out on your opportunity. Because I would have been hurt every year. And when I was playing college, I've been played the two, two. I went in ninety four, ninety five. I would have played the two thousand six minimum if I could keep getting hurt hey. every fucking year. Hey, we, well, you say he's been in college almost yeah. a decade, but that sounds like a long time. Yes, man. yes. What you guys yeah, say? When we were growing up. We call that a butt. <laughs> we call that a bust. If you keep getting hurt and it take you extra years to do it, people give up on you faster than they do now. Obviously, because for him to be the same age as Jalen Hurts is crazy. Yeah, and then the way I look at it from an NFL perspective is you, you're missing years on on playing in the NFL. And how good are you going to be when you get to the NFL if you keep beating up on kids every year? You know, at this point, you're a grown, full grown, full grown man playing against kids. It ain't like you're 22 playing against 18 year old or 23 playing against a 19 year old. What are you, 27, 26? You're playing against 18, 19 year olds and beating up on them. So if you ever do get a tryout or make it to the Columbine or whatever it is, NFL, you're going to be in for a rude awakening because you've been beating up on kids for the last decade, nigga. Yeah, I think if you're that age, you're supposed to be dominating everybody. It don't matter who you're playing against. You're like two colleges past them. Yeah, well, you, you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be in law school at this point, nigga. Two masters, bachelors, yeah, associates. Yeah. Come on, my nigga. <laughs> um, I always have a different viewpoint. I'm not saying he should be playing. Like, I think, like you know, go for your dreams. I'm kind of past the football part. But as far as finessing the system and getting a ninth year, Miami is such an expensive school. Like before financial aid, it's 80000 a year. That's free education. So if you're in it just to get your degree, then shout out to you because you finesse the system. You're getting a free education from the University of Miami. So go Canes. What I was saying, <laughs> like, like, listen, I'm a, listen, Stat, how many years did it take you to get your degree? Three and a half. What, what is so he should have three degrees. Well, I don't I don't know. Maybe he's well, getting he his master's. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's getting his he master's or I don't know what his education is because I had a lot of football players who were like engineering or like doing law school at the same time. Like that's the school I went to. So I had people who were doing more than four years. And that's just what I seen. I was just used to it. They're like, look, I want to be an engineer. I don't even know if I'm gonna make it to the league for real, but I can play football and get my education for free and I can go back home and then I'm getting, you know, six figures right out of college. Like that was some of their mentality. And then some of them really were just, you know, doing it to get into the league. But between COVID, like, because already going to college during COVID was crazy. Like that changed everything. So I don't know what mentality they have. And then I think being told that your dream isn't achievable kind of midway through, kind of hard for some people to realize, especially if football is all they know. So different situations. But in this situation, yeah, I think the football part's gone, but it, hey, he's getting an education for free. So that's what I think. And why play? They can, they can get out there for two games and say, I'm hurt. He and might. Like, no, I'm, no, I'm saying it. I'm, I'm digging what you're saying, nigga. Like, I really want to be an engineer, so I'm going to act like I want to play football and then get hurt on purpose so I can go get... If that's what you're doing, I ain't knocking it. If that's the plan. Hold up, but, but, 
I, I think we're missing the obvious, right? If he was hurt, he should have had all the time in the world to go get his education already because he wasn't playing. Duh. <laughs> Talk to him. Not bro. if you're going to keep... I don't know. I don't yeah, know his situation. Yeah, maybe yeah, I'll bro. interview him, to hey. be honest, because I, I got questions too. Yeah, Ma, maybe Mo <laughs> should be there for the tougher questions. When <laughs> 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 it's time to ask. You just never know. But, Maurice, thank you for being here. Mo, thank you, man. I appreciate you, man. Yep. I love. Have a good show. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for watching. And as always, it is what it is. Uh,